Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering. One bank teller instead of the usual five. Slow, fast food lines. Simply not enough staff. Grandma's Office Catering avoided the mass exodus with respect, appreciation, better wages, and now health insurance. That's how Grandma continues to wow. Grandma'scatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. Today is Thursday, January 13th. Coming up, Missouri and Kansas are facing a staffing crisis of workers who care for people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. After the initial wave of COVID has gone from starting salary from $14 to $15 to $16 just to get people in the door. And that's still not enough. Plus, we'll hear from Kansas City Public Schools Superintendent on the district finally regaining accreditation from the state of Missouri this week. But first, some headlines. The University of Kansas Health System reported another record high of COVID-19 patients yesterday. KCUR's Dan Margulies reports. KU said 123 COVID patients were being treated, up from 119 the day before. The vast majority are not fully vaccinated. Two patients have died since Tuesday, bringing the total number of deaths to 17 this month. Dr. Stephen Stites, KU's chief medical officer, says the hospital can normally take up to 70 percent of transfer requests, but it's now down to 17 percent. Dr. Kim Magau, chief medical officer of HCA Midwest Health, the biggest operator of private hospitals in the Kansas City area, says HCA is not accepting transfers and only two ICU beds are available in the whole system. Area hospitals are facing shortages of monoclonal antibodies, a treatment which helps people fight COVID and avoid hospitalization. Liberty Hospital Chief Medical Officer Dr. Ragu Adiga says the hospital used its last two doses of antibodies yesterday. You know, weeks before, we used to do at least eight a day, at least 40 a week. And uh, we're going to have to just say, sorry, we have none. Adiga says Liberty Hospital, like many others in the region, is facing ventilator shortages. But the hospital just received five ventilators from Missouri's strategic stockpile. Meanwhile, Children's Mercy Hospital in Kansas City says it's facing staffing challenges. Yesterday, more than 300 hospital employees were out with COVID. The hospital also had a near record of 34 COVID inpatients. Here's Dr. Jennifer Watts. You put that on top of also, you know, some of our staff shortages going into this wave. Um, the combination has really put a strain on our staffing abilities. Watts also said it's important that children get tested when they have symptoms, but asked parents to take their kids to a COVID testing center instead of the emergency department. After receiving violent threats, a Jackson County lawmaker has pulled a proposal that would restore some powers to the county health department. KCUR's Salisa Kalakal has more. The ordinance from Jackson County legislator Krista Williams would give explicit powers to the county health department to fight communicable diseases, such as closing schools and mandating vaccines. The ordinance was introduced Monday and scheduled for a committee hearing next week. However, it was met immediately with threats of legal action from Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt. Williams said she will withdraw the ordinance as she works out the policy details. Kansas education leaders are making it easier to work as a substitute teacher to ease COVID-related staffing shortages in schools. Suzanne Perez of the Kansas News Service reports. 
A new temporary emergency license would allow anyone 18 and older with a high school diploma to work as a substitute. They would also have to pass a fingerprint and background check and show proof that a district wants to hire them. It does away with a previous requirement that subs have at least 60 hours of college coursework. Kansas Education Commissioner Randy Watson says lowering standards isn't ideal, but COVID-related shortages are at crisis levels. Four school districts right now that I know of are about to shut the doors. They don't have enough staff to operate. Temporary licenses will be good through June 1st. After that, the state board plans to reevaluate the change. And the Bonner Springs Edwardsville School District says it will be closed the rest of the week due to a rise in teachers and students absent because of COVID. After 22 years, Kansas City Public Schools are fully accredited, meaning they've achieved a list of educational standards set by the state of Missouri. The district was the first in the nation to lose accreditation in 2000. And since then, it's gained provisional accreditation, lost it, then gained it back again. Schools Superintendent Mark Bedell spoke with KCUR's Steve Kraske on Up to Date about what it took to get the district back on track and how the certification will affect students. Mark, welcome back. Congratulations. I'm sure it was a heck of a day yesterday. Yes, sir, it was. We are extremely proud of uh, that announcement yesterday. To, to be frank with you, I didn't think it was going to happen anytime soon um, because we have been fighting for this since 2019. Right. Where I truly felt that we had met the requirements back then, but it was a surprise to me, to tell you the truth, that it happened this fast, um, you know, after being told no a couple of times. When did you know that the state board was actually going to vote on it, Mark? I didn't know about it until Monday when they put the agenda out. The commissioner wow. called me and and actually said to me that uh, they have been reviewing our data again. And even though the data doesn't count for this year. They did take a look at how we performed against other districts in addition to some of the other more relevant data that did matter, like advanced placement, IB, those kind of data points, right. graduation rates. And um, what she said was, you know, while we the whole state has shown a decline, just because of everything we've been through the last two years with this pandemic, we still were exceeding expectations around growth as a school district. And and she said at that point that they had made a decision that they were going to recommend full accreditation. Well, what do you think brought them to this place, Mark? Do you have any insight into what the state board was thinking? Well, here's what, it, what happened was we brought the whole Department of uh, Education here to our school district, and they conducted reviews of our whole system. And I would say that the experience that many of them had after they interviewed teachers, principals, after they looked at our strategic plan, um, monitored our data, looked at our financial stability, looked at the systems that we have put in place. And I think that that did it along with what I believe was a compelling study from St. Louis University Prime Center on high poverty, high growth schools. And on that list, they looked at the top 30 schools that were highest of poverty, highest of growth in English. And on that list for elementary schools, the Kansas City Public School District had eight of the 30 schools on that list. Hmm. In math, the Kansas City Public Schools had five of the 30 schools. Wow. The next closest district was two. 
The next closest district on the English one was only only had three schools at best. And then the Kansas City Public School District was the only district in the state to have more than one school hit both lists. We had three, while eight other districts had one school that hit the list at least twice. And I got to believe that that had something to do with this decision, too. So what kind of shot in the arm is this for you guys? It's huge because right now it's it's just hard being an educator in this country, mm-hmm. not just in the Kansas City Public School District. This pandemic is wreaking havoc, unlike anyone could have imagined. And it has created, in many cases, just a strong sense of hopelessness, even in districts where there was a lot of hope because of the volatility of teachers being in and out, students being in and out. But we're all still going to be held accountable to those federal accountability standards and state accountability standards, even though there's nothing static about how we're educating kids. And so to get this accreditation for people who have been in this district 10 years or longer, and I mean, it's for all of us, but there are some people who was here when the district lost its full accreditation again. Mm -hmm. There are people who were here in 2000. There are people who were here in 2011 when the district lost it again. And, and, and for those people, I think this will let them know that everything that I did was well worth it. Because regardless of if the district ever got its accreditation or not, these were people who were fully committed and bought in to really helping to liberate and to free these kids in a manner where they could access the Kansas City dream. And honestly, I think this will just inspire people and hopefully have more people wanting to come and work in our school district because of the direction we're heading. Your goal, you have said, and we're starting to run short of time here, but your goal has been to get this district at or above the state average across every measurable indicator. Uh, You say you're competitive. That's where you want to be. You want to compete with suburban school districts when it comes to the numbers of high achieving students. Do I have all that right, Mark? You're absolutely right. That that is our that is our 100 percent goal. And you have to start off. You have to crawl first. Right. You have to put one on one fundamental structures and systems in place and you have to grow. You grow your way there gradually And then eventually, as you continue to close those achievement gaps, you'll begin to see more and more kids move into that proficient and advanced range once we get everything settled with all of these assessments and MSIP 6 that's upcoming. You know, one of your challenges is a real basic one, and that's school attendance, getting kids in the door every morning. Before you go, just tell us, what is that challenge? Where do those numbers stand today? And what are you up against every day trying to get kids in the door to get them in the classroom before their teachers every day? Well, it's a a challenge. It's significant. It's even harder this year because of the pandemic and the struggles that we have with, with bus drivers. Um, it's just been, it's been hard getting them in. Um, it's just been hard. And it's not just because here's the deal, the common cold, you have to treat it as if you have the virus. So anybody with a runny nose, or if you're sneezing, you are encouraged that you can't come to school. And what we do know and learn from the pandemic is virtual schooling does not work well for the masses. It works well in pockets. It works well for students who have the support structures at home that allow for them to flourish in there. But the vast majority in our school district 
they need to be in front of a live certified teacher. And so as a district, we're going to remain committed to providing that op option for our families, while those who don't want to be in our schools very well can go into our Kansas City Virtual Academy. But it's been hard just because of the pandemic and right. some of these other variables that we just don't have a lot of control over right now. That was KCUR's Steve Kraske speaking to Kansas City Public Schools Superintendent Mark Bedell. Workers providing care for people with intellectual and developmental disabilities have been quitting in droves during the pandemic. In response, the agencies who employ those workers in Missouri and Kansas are working long hours, waitlisting care and consolidating services. KCUR's Jody Fortino has more on what advocates are calling a crisis. While most people are winding down on a Friday night, Andrea Howe's work is just getting started. As a direct support professional, Howe provides care for people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. She often spends her weekends at a group home in Aletha, caring for Amber and Tanisha, the two women who live there. Any other day, she'd be cooking dinner. But Fridays mark a special event at the home, when they celebrate the end of their week by eating out. Where are you going to dinner today? Where do you want to eat? Well, tell me! Dine Tell me! Dine. Mac. Dine here. Amber picked her favorite spot, McDonald's, which Hal says she does almost every week. It's the end of a long week for Hal, who usually spends around 50 hours working at the group home. And she has another caretaking job on top of that. That staggering workload is all too familiar to direct care workers nationwide as the industry grapples with chronic staffing shortages. Valerie Hoon, director of the Missouri Department of Mental Health, says the shortage has only been exacerbated by the COVID-19 pandemic. We were a workforce crisis before COVID happened. And it, it, of course, didn't get better, and it has continued to get worked, just like, just like it has across the entire healthcare spectrum. Hoon says that nearly four out of five people who started in the field in 2019 ended up leaving. She says she suspects the pay is a big reason why. Base wages are now up to about $12 an hour in Missouri, but local agencies say that number makes it hard to compete with the retail or fast food jobs whose pay has gone up during the pandemic. That's been the case for the direct care agency Alternative Solutions in Olathe, the employer Hal works for. The agency's director, Demarcus January, says that in the first two months of the pandemic, half his 40 or so employees left. During COVID and after the initial wave of COVID, has gone from starting salary from $14 to $15 to $16 just to get people in the door. And that's still not enough. January says the team that was left learned to do more with less by working long hours and consolidating their group homes. The American Network of Community Options and Resources, or Anchor, is an advocacy group for service providers. Its CEO, Barbara Merrill, says this crisis should be a wake-up call to policymakers. All of the extraordinary progress that we have made in this country over the years of liberating people from, you know, living lives and in institutions to being able to live in the community, you know, like you and I, like anyone else. We're at extraordinary risk of losing that progress. Casey Melncon is Easter Seals Midwest Director of Autism Services in Kansas City. She says her team declined by more than half during the pandemic, forcing the agency to place a number of services on hold. So our parent training waiting list has probably 40 to 45 individuals on it right now, which is makes me lose sleep at night. 
Merrill from Anchor says some much-needed relief could come through the Biden administration's Build Back Better plan, a roughly $2 trillion social spending bill that's now stalled in the U.S. Senate. Meanwhile, Hoon of the Missouri Department of Mental Health says that even if federal relief is forthcoming, it'll take time before it reaches them. So in the meantime, we have to look at the resources we have in state and and hopefully we're able to just continue to chip away at it. A pay increase could come for some workers as Missouri Governor Mike Parson pushes a 15 an hour standard pay for state workers this month. Howell says that higher pay might persuade more people to stay in her line of work, but people really have to care about what they do. It, it, it can be hard, long hours, clients are sometimes hard, hard to get along with. But then you go to another level and you say, okay, why am I here? I'm here to help them to have a better quality of life. As they prepare for dinner on Friday night, Tanisha adds that Howell is also making sure that her life is fun. These moments are the ones that Howell says are her favorite part of the job. When her clients let her know she's doing a good job, with a hug. You want a hug? Ah! <laughs> for KCUR 89.3, I'm Jody Fortino. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. This podcast was produced by Byron Love and Trevor Grandin and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. You can read more on direct care workers and Kansas City Public Schools accreditation on kcur.org, where you can also hear a live stream of Kansas City's NPR station. Tomorrow, we'll talk to Kansas City Mayor Quinton Lucas about elected officials' role during the COVID-19 pandemic. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you soon.